get too far. Okay, so um, kind of my my plan of attack for it is to start off here with just like these quick little Slido kind of quizzes or whatever, or uh, polls rather. Um, then we'll kind of talk about stuff, but let's uh, kind of save President Nelson for, for the last um, and uh, really kind of give a, a good amount of time to that talk there at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so Emily Bell Freeman seems to be <laughs> a, a, a favorite here. Uh, Amy Wright, that was an amazing talk, um, especially right in the middle of Bednar and it was Christopherson, wasn't it? I believe. Mm -hmm. yes. Anyway, like all three started of them. off with a bang. Oh, there was another man in between there. Baines and Goodoy. Oh yeah, there was quite a few actually. Okay, yeah, never mind. Oh, anyway, oh. but yeah, it did start off with a bang. <laughs> there, mm -hmm. That was just a powerhouse. Uh, uh, I had the um, the cheat from the church news. Oh yeah. Have you uh, printed that out? I haven't printed that out. I have been so behind with conference and different things. This, I don't know. <laughs> this one has, has been a little bit different in that I'm usually right on it and I get the book of Nelson updated right away and stuff and I'm just not there. But yeah, I, it's so great that they do those little talk summaries right off the bat so that we can mm -hmm. have access to those. Well, they did these like on Monday and then Tuesday, they released it to the website. So it was really fast this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so uh, going to the next one. And again, if you don't want to do the the actual Slido, that's totally fine. But what was your favorite 12 talk? Um, so anybody except for Nelson, which is obviously our, our favorite. <laughs> Mine's with Elder Bednar. Bednar, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll um, vote for you. How many times are you voting, Shalise? <laughs> Well, 12 times. Yep. Had a girl. <laughs> Maria, too. I love it. Oh, I can't even remember them all. Oh, so I, I get a text today, and my husband says, I'm sitting next to Elder Suarez in Sunday school. And I said, Stop texting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? He's like notorious, but he'll text if he's mm -hmm. on the stand. He must have phone out all the time. I'm like, Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't funny. go anywhere without me anymore <laughs> oh my goodness i love it that's cool though oh my goodness i can't remember who yeah i i really loved bednar's um i guess maybe president irene does that count uh-huh yeah good, yep. but got irene and oaks on Bednar. there um and i can't see who's the one behind here might be he Quentin Cook or something. Um, but Ook Dwarf was another one of my favorites this time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, it was interesting. It was kind really of, good. Some of them that were kind of saying goodbye almost. Yeah. Take me with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So. That seems to be uh, a. It seemed to me like the Bednar and Christopherson were kind of companion talks. Yeah, that's what I thought too, especially after studying the footnotes. Like, oh my gosh, they were like buddies on <laughs> preparing that thing. I would really love to know each conference, like who was like uh, helping proofread and, and doing things and like, oh yeah, because those ones seem like just total companion talks. You almost had to have them side by side. 
So did you happen to listen to Sister Freeman's story about giving a talk? Did you listen to her after conference, what she said? Mm -mm. I did, yeah. Did you want to share the story? You want me to? It's really good. Oh, no, go ahead. So she was super worried about, um, I guess there's a little bench that you sit in and wait at before you start talking. And she was super worried about being able to listen and catch that. Just a second, let me just mute a couple people here that it's getting feedback on. There you go. To, to catch the, the line that they say that made her, that, where she was supposed to move to that bench. And so she went to the temple and she prayed and fasted. She's like, Heavenly Father, please just let me sit on the bench the whole time. So she went back to her car and she got she got her email about her position and when she's supposed to talk. And it said, you'll be following um, President Ballard. And since he's not able to read the teleprompter, we're not able to give you the line. So you just sit on the bench the whole time. <laughs> oh, interesting. And I, and I just feel like she's just so humble and just so down to earth and just like, I don't follow her like videos that she does a lot. I've A couple of inklings I've done and I, a couple, you know, sometimes I'll jump on and listen for a little bit, but I haven't like immersed in her, her podcast or video things, but just a little bit that I do know her. I just think she's just so sweet mm -hmm. and it's fun. She's like my friend already. Just a little bit. I, you know, it's like, oh, that's my friend up there. And it was just so fun. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I love how much of a, a back side look we're getting into, you know, apostles and, and people preparing for conference and tabernacle mm -hmm. choir members and the international ones and stuff. Like, I don't know. I just feel that much more connected to, to conference each time. She uh, talked so. about having an advisor to help her with her talk too. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, that was interesting. <laughs> I would think that, I mean, like if you get called into those uh, type of things, I would definitely want an advisor. Right. Well, and to make sure that you're not saying anything that you're going to, you know, it's going to cause problems. I'm sure they, they all mm -hmm. go, are all, they are all gone over. Yeah. All right. And then my last um, poll question here. Is were there any of the the temples that were impactful for for you? Um, maybe uh, you live there, or you serve there, or have other people that serve there. But um, just out of those twenty that were announced, um, were there any that were uh, impactful? I used to live in Vancouver, so Vancouver, Washington was that was a surprise. Though. It's so close to Portland. Yeah. So there must be a lot of. Southern Washington people. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Surprise. One of my <laughs> craziest ones because um, Mongolia was on everybody's like uh, list ahead of time. And so I was like waiting for it, but I was like, I doubt it. But man, I, I had no idea that they had that much or that um, there was that big of a need to to have one so close to them. So that I follow this guy that lives in Norway, and he's in Mongolia riding the horses all the time. Uh -huh. And those people are just so precious. Yeah, they live way out in the middle of the nowhere. You know, there's a lot. Uh -huh. Be interesting to yeah hear stories about that. When we lived in New York State, uh, we had a, a missionary from Mongolia. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, kind of interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I had a hairdresser when I lived in Lehigh that was from Mongolia. So super fun to hear her stories. Uh huh. 
Um, there's a, a sister in my ward uh, here that came up to me after, because my mom gave a talk in church and she was talking about the Mongolia temple. She was really excited. Um, and she came up and, and told me that her daughter-in-law was one of the the first missionaries in Mongolia. And I mean, she never in her lifetime thought that there would be a temple there. And they were just so excited because, I mean, there's what, two stakes there now. And and uh, back when she was on her mission, I mean, it was very small. I mean, it, it was just so hard, but like the people were just so ready for it. And um, anyway, just especially by the time that the temple gets done, like what growth is gonna happen um, from here to there and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Who was that, Cameron? Denise Darrington. Oh, really? Yeah. Her daughter-in-law, right? Yeah, her daughter-in-law. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, let me cancel off the screen sharing so that we can actually get and talk. Oh, yeah, because when I'm screen sharing, I can only see, like, two or three people. <laughs> We've got quite a few more on here. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Didn't see you there. Um, so yeah, what, what kind of themes were, were really standing out to you as, as you listen to, to conference this time? Zion. Yeah, it was interesting how much April and October we're talking about Enoch and we're talking about Zion. Uh, it's very interesting. There was an interesting, uh, comment today from Nicole Hansen about, the new and everlasting covenant. Did y'all see that this afternoon about um, how a lot of the talks were about the new and everlasting covenant and us remembering that we're here to build Zion to bring heaven here on earth. It's a really good little insight that she had and I was like, oh my goodness. Cause do you remember in one of the groups I was asking What's the difference between the new and everlasting covenant and the everlasting covenant? Or is it just a, like, did it change at some point in the Old Testament to to now? Do you guys remember that at all when I brought that up? I still haven't figured it out what it is, the difference. I don't remember that. I'm really not on much of the groups. And I got kicked off another one the other day. so i don't know i just kind of give them up <laughs> so i haven't seen that but but yeah i have a question about president nelson's talk about the even the body we receive what 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 are the different resurrected bodies that we can get and how do you find out about that you have to wait till the end <laughs> oh we're not going to talk about him yet okay sorry <laughs> I, I talked about this today in church and I looked it up. Um, the celestial kingdom is the only place where uh, procreation is going to continue. So the other kingdom bodies aren't going to have any of that because they won't be procreating. Where'd you find that? It's in Doctrines of Salvation. And also, um, the glory of the the bodies are different. The celestial is like that of the sun, and the terrestrial is like the moon, and the celestial like the stars. Mm-hmm. So isn't that when interesting? We, when we teach this in 
Relief Society, do we reference the doctrines of salvation or is there a scripture that brings that up too? Let's see if I can find it here. I don't know. I One of the young sisters after church, she came up and, and she was so excited. She hadn't heard President Nelson's talking conference and she doesn't have a way to to because I was telling her how to access it you know because the, the talks are all out she doesn't have any uh electronics that will do that and so I says here just take my talk <laughs> and uh it was all scribbled up but she was so delighted to have my talk so you know I don't have it here in front of me or else I would have that so you talked today at sacrament meeting too. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Um, but yeah, we can circle back to that. Um, okay. Try to find that in the meantime. Okay. But yeah, um, everlasting covenant. So has has anybody done like uh, a word study or search from this general conference on that? Because I mean, it, it did seem like it was a very prevalent heavily mentioned thing but i haven't quite i haven't i just saw that today and then that got me to thinking about that again mm -hmm. so i don't think that's a coincidence for me that it keeps coming up in my thought well cameron can you share our conversation this afternoon was so interesting about that very thing yeah it's not totally conference related but i mean we can <laughs> we can dive into that too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I'm just doing a, a quick um, search so good news like the the church has uh, fully moved over to the new Google algorithm so their search is way better but um let me everlasting covenant and, and see what we got for conference this time around Two, three, two, four, five, six of the talks uh, mentioned the the everlasting covenant. That that's a pretty heavy. Oh, there's another one. Seven. Yeah, interesting. Uh, because you know it'll usually be a kind of a theme for like two or three people or whatever. But when there's lots of talks on it, uh, it was interesting. Um, what was the one that we were just talking about oh the degrees of glory that seemed to be a, another one the degrees of glory and um the uh, new and everlasting covenant uh, were very interesting themes uh, that kept getting uh, mentioned all throughout that and tithing and temple garments too yeah a lot i think Who was the, the reminding garment? us to remember those protections like that's what I took from it. Like, okay, get ready. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Like I've been ready, but <laughs> <laughs> yep. Israel <Yeah>. this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was uh, Emily that uh, mentioned the, the garments, huh? And, and she did it in such a beautiful way too. But, I mean, she, was, she wasn't like trying to offend, but she's like, this is the reason I wear them kind of thing. Like find your why and stuff. I, I like that. Um, 
let's see it seems like we went like on two or three different tangents there everlasting covenant uh, get my my brain back on so it was interesting that uh that for me too has been like this pattern especially this last week um that the the lord's really trying to uh bring that up but um one thing that I, I rarely do ceilings uh, in the temple. As a temple worker, I'm, I'm always in the endowment or baptistry or whatever kind of thing. And I rarely make it to the temple as a patron to do ceilings. And so uh, yesterday on my shift, I just happened to, to be a patron, uh, which is like kind of unheard of for our temple. They don't really use temple workers as patrons for that ordinance, rarely. But um, anyway, so I was in there and just really focusing on these words that I haven't heard for probably about a year. And um, it, it was just so impactful to me because I was like, I really want to memorize this. And um, I was just noticing how many little things that I had kind of forgot, like little uh, cadences and, and things. And so I was like, okay, how can I, how can I memorize this right now? And I was taking a look at the different chunks and I was like, oh, that's kind of like the, the Sinai covenant. Okay. And then this part here, how am I going to summarize that? Oh, that's kind of like the Abrahamic covenant. Okay. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think all of the covenants are have a section in the ceiling ordinance. And, and I had never considered that before. And it was just like my mind was like, and, and you go through it and it is. So there's, there's the seven biblical covenants. And then there's one in the New Testament, which is the new and everlasting covenant. And so um, you have seven perfection Old Testament covenants, and then one that rules them all, right? Uh, that uh, is the new and everlasting. But they each have a, have a part in the sealing ordinance. And the, the fact is, it's all, it's all the same covenant. I mean, from Adam clear up into the, the last, up until Christ, it's all the same covenant, but why do we name it certain things? And why do they all have their certain kind of points that it mentions or that are very specific to that renewal uh, and and everything? And and why is this new and everlasting, who like established the new and everlasting covenant? And why isn't it named after a person like the other ones are? And mm -hmm. anyway, it was just kind of like this a uh, whirlwind of of things that that the lord was kind of like helping me to to open my eyes to but the fact that all of the the seven old testament covenants deal with a level of the ladder of of the ladder to heaven kind of a thing and that um and and i'm not saying that this is like that i've got this grand mystery or, or something like that. it was just what the lord was trying to teach me and and open my eyes to to this one little new way to look at, at at the ceiling ordinance and stuff and, and the new and everlasting covenant but the fact that it's always renewed and and yes with some of these patriarchs that they're named after kind of thing it, it's just a, a marker but it's all the same covenant but when christ comes and and puts the seal uh, number eight being a seal on the original seven and saying this will never have to be renewed like this is it, like this is the new and everlasting, everlasting, yeah, kind of thing or whatever. And it was just like, oh, oh. and the sealing power that goes along with that, where every single covenant, we have the Abrahamic covenant mentioned in there. We have the Noahic covenant. We have the Abrahamic covenant. The Davidic covenant is mentioned in the, the sealing order, like all of them, uh, the Adamic, and then Christ 
seals all of that upon us upon our faithfulness like oh my goodness like how did i never get this before but anyway it was just um that was something that, that the lord taught me and, and it was interesting through conference that new and everlasting covenant was a was a heavy theme there but now looking back at it i'm like well that was simple like why didn't i get that <laughs> <laughs> anyway so just showing how backward i am well like how do you think we're feeling now that you've told us all <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you guys have way better insights than i do but like well duh <laughs> <laughs> can you write that down <laughs> i really do want to write that somehow um like every time that i talk about covenants with people like it's just interesting how how slippery they are to our memory right like we have to push to remember them and and everything. i mean that's the whole point right uh, remember remember all of our ordinances are about remember. awake awake yep. <laughs> yeah and so like i've had a couple people kind of tongue-in-cheek saying you should write the book on covenants and i'm like i really should like just to kind of help distill it out of my brain and like try Do to, it. <laughs> to, to put that all in but i'm like <laughs> with what time but um really like when we talk about covenants like, do we really focus on those seven Old Testament covenants and the the new covenant that that Christ brings, and and really understand which ones are suzerainty covenants and which ones are parity covenants and conditional and unconditional? And I mean, we're we're just we're kind of covenantally um, non-fluent. Uh, we're, we we just we're not very fluent in in the language of covenants um and so yeah i would really love to just somehow for my own purposes distill that down like you know everything i do I, i'm not a public kind of a person but like i would love to to do that and, and get other people's input and and things on it but <laughs> one of these projects when the world crashes in 2024 right <laughs> don't laugh yeah i can say uh you're spot on <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, and it, it kind of came down to numbers and when we were discussing it uh, and I said my favorite part in there I like to listen for are the where it talks about uh, kingdoms, thrones, uh, principalities, powers, dominions, and exaltation. It says there's six of them and he says okay take those six and think of number six on the ladder and that's where you do Davidic covenants so that was like oh that feels good <laughs> and then the Abrahamic covenant it, there's the three that's mentioned in the ceiling that Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and I, you go through all of them and they just match up so beautifully it just felt so right it's kind of interesting how like once I was in the a ceiling session, this was a long time ago, and I was like, you know, this is kind of like the, the 12 days of Christmas or whatever, you know, like you have uh, six of this and five of this and four of this and three of this and two of this and one of this. And I was like, hmm, I mean, they're not repeated like that song is, but like we have all of the numbers represented in the ceiling ordinance. And it's just kind of interesting how uh, I had never equated that to, to the latter or to uh the seven different biblical covenants. I wonder as a temple worker, if, if we couldn't check that page out and just go, 
study it just like we do the rest of them. Yeah, like one of the sealers in, in ours always lets me just kind of take a look at it as I'm uh, acting as a witness or whatever. He'll often have the witnesses, you know, kind of check him, especially if he's tired or something. But uh, I, yeah, I would love to know if we can check out that specific ordinance or not. Yeah. I, one of us is going to have to be a sealer. Who's on here? We got Stefan and or Stephen and, and Neil. But yes, <laughs> go be a sealer and, and let us know. <laughs> so amazing. All right. So, um, kind of <laughs> not getting back to conference because we're always on conference. But like, um, who has the most extensive <laughs> footnotes uh, this time? I thought that was very interesting. Um, all of them have a higher per capita footnote number, um, this, uh, session of, of general conference. Um, but the Emily was close. I, I really thought that she was going to have it. Um, so Emily, let's see, where is she at on my list here? Oh, she has 37 footnotes. Um, yeah. The majority have about 30, I mean, 26 to, to 30 is kind of the, the average this time around, which is very high. Um, but there's somebody that knocks her out of the park. So John C. Pingree Jr., uh, his talk on eternal truth, like I said, tongue in cheek, I think he wanted to give three conference talks and just couldn't decide. And so he <laughs> gave his one and then put all of the rest in the footnotes. Um, he had a whopping 63 footnotes. Wow. He, he's very extensive and they're very insightful. So um, many times I, we've learned from President Nelson, right? Like his footnotes are, are very extensive and they're they're like additional talks, right? Um, they're not just see this reference or uh, see also kind of a thing where a lot of people do that. But this conference was, was interesting. President Nelson obviously is giving lots of uh, side commentaries in his footnotes but a lot of other people were doing side commentaries as well uh Pingree being one of them um and emily freeman i mean there was quite a few that were giving little side sermons uh, i thought that that was very interesting i mean not saying that nobody's done that before but uh, this conference it, it just kind of broke the like if we were charting out all of these different things or whatever, if you look at this conference, I mean, it's just, it's one of the outliers on most of the, the data points. Have I always felt that way about President Nelson's footnotes? Like it's another mm -hmm. two or three talks, like always. Uh-huh. Yeah. Him and him and Bednar are, are fairly consistent in uh, giving side uh, discourses. <laughs> all of a sudden, I can so Here's my question. How many of us are always saying, read the footnotes to other people when we're talking to them in church, like read the footnotes, like I say it all the time. Yep. <laughs> and then Darlene, did you try to put footnotes in your talk today? I don't think she did. I tried to do footnotes, but then I moved stuff around and I got like number eight and number 13. I think they're all messed up. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I had someone say, can I have a copy of your talk? I'm like, oh, the footnotes are a mess. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had to do footnotes because I say it all the time. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And do you ever try to to write your talks chiastically when when you're doing it? That's I can't thing. even grasp that concept yet. No, <laughs> that's what I always try to do. Uh, so I try to like just wing my my talk on on paper or whatever, and then I try to go study it and see if I was speaking by the Spirit and chart it out chiastically. And if it's not, then I'll do a rewrite. <laughs> 
it was like obviously i wasn't being inspired so if it comes out by the spirit it's always chiastic at least i don't know i can't blanket statement i guess other people can do whatever they'd like but um many of the the prophets and, and things are always speaking chiastically when it's by the spirit <clears throat> i think you have a gift cameron <laughs> nope. he has a lot of gifts mm-hmm. well yeah i probably shouldn't like deny gifts but like chiasms just make sense to me so <laughs> i, I am grateful gift. for that gift it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me quite yet i understand the concept but i can't see it like you can see it and i, I can't bottom out very easy Mm-mm. yeah <laughs> remember mother our class in my garage when we first started so before learning zion ever materialized i was teaching um just like one semester it was, it was so dumb um one semester of, of classes out of my garage and one of them was uh uh, chiastic structure and so I mean we were writing chiasms we were finding chiasms I mean it was like the the 101 class on it uh, anyway it was just <laughs> so funny I, I I used to think I was this teacher back then and then the Lord humbled me a lot through uh, the book clubs <laughs> but yeah that, that was a, a fun class I'm gonna have to revisit some of those you are a teacher just saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not though I, I really need to <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever. oh heck so can you spend two minutes and talk about your holy days yeah what like about like just how we celebrated them and stuff did, or... you, did you build your yeah did you build your hut <sighs> I did. in the backyard i oh man it it was a whirlwind uh, we've we had weddings and different things and it just did not materialize that week i was uh <laughs> I wanted to so bad. Uh, <laughs> why is it so elusive? Like I, I that's what I want to know. Like I did celebrate mm-hmm. as much as I could without doing like some of those more grandiose things of of building and, and doing a structure and all that kind of stuff. But I mean I, I was in it. I was in the days of awe and in the repentance and and all of that kind of stuff. I, I did a sachlich with the, the congregation and, and went to quite a few of the synagogue services, but just did not get around to the actual tabernacle it must mean i'm not with the the lord right <laughs> but no. anyway it was just ah oh. i remember that week when you were building out the backyard <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i was thinking about the holy days today and it, do you think that the reason we don't celebrate it is that, so that we don't have the persecution the jews are going to get so we're not like grouped in with them right now Maybe. I don't know. I, I heard something to... today that we're not supposed to physically celebrate them. We're just supposed to remember them and notice what the importance of what was for them. But I don't know that I understand it all now. I'm like, oh, wait. I'm I think I must have seen it on a random podcast. I can't remember because I watched too many of them. I think the Pickering's um, last ones on Colossians, that, whatever, mentioned she probably where it was. About it. And she just said that they're for remembrance. You know, we're not asked to keep the law, but we're asked to, well, we're not even asked, but it's wise to know our history, where our religion 
comes from. Like it's part of us and we need to understand them. Mm -hmm. She's a huge advocate for understanding the holy days, obviously. I mean, their website's called appointed prophetic appointments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those two are absolutely amazing. Like I'm learning so much from them. They really are. They're, yeah. Sorry. I haven't been on forever. <laughs> I Neil. But I uh, go back into, you know, uh, Moses's writings about the, the and the, the uh, fessels were given for how's the wording eternally or something. It's for memorial forever in, in forever. translations. Yeah. Yeah. The sacrifices are gone, but technically we're supposed to remember them, although, yeah. Mm hmm. Well, in all of the huge events that have happened in the church restoration on holy days mm -hmm. shows us it's important. Yep. Yep. And we'll continue yeah. to be. Yep. It'll happen pretty much close. And so it's very interesting. The like, what does it mean to to remember then as a memorial kind of a thing? I am very much in the opinion and, and camp of memorial being celebrate and and actually participate in those kind of things versus some which um are very much like oh no you we're just supposed to know about them and remember them which i'm totally fine with but either way but when i go to the lord for me personally and, and what i'm supposed to do uh, he definitely wants me to um, participate and and build friendships and and things with them so i you know again i think that the, the lord can um open those up in lots of different ways to to different people and, and stuff so i'm not trying to project mine on those but uh, well i will forever remember our zoom passover meal that was yeah. hoot. <laughs> <laughs> and then neil sharing his that he does every year with his family that was amazing yeah so well, it's interesting that the church doesn't really talk about it mm -hmm. i know <laughs> and so you bring up an interesting point like why is that like in the restoration of all things, obviously, we can't restore everything all at once, all with Joseph Smith, right? I mean, it has to be an ongoing restoration and, and things. And so why weren't those right off the bat? Why didn't we, if we were ever supposed to, why didn't we do it right off the bat? And so, I don't know, it's just very interesting. But um, one, was it April talk? It might have been last October when Gary E. Stevenson talked about, yeah, it was April, April. because it was Easter and yeah um, uh, some of the original things and stuff and um, touched on it, didn't you? yeah uh, anyway it, it was just interesting how about traditions is that what you're talking about um celebrating easter versus celebrating passover and uh, what was traditions of men and, and stuff and that they were really trying to start good family traditions based on on accurate principles and not letting the world in kind of a thing i mean i might be conflating <laughs> a lot of stuff into his talk that uh, uh may or may not have been um, intended but anyway I, I really love that talk it kind of gave me a a little bit of a <laughs> you're just fine keep going kind of a thing uh you know even uh, everybody else is, is trying to figure it out as well um but but yeah it, it makes you just wonder sometimes like we know that they're important but like why don't we celebrate them or or why aren't they uh, restored or why don't we do this or that or who knows what but maybe we're supposed to that's part of leaving the world we're supposed to do it on our own like kind of like the lectures on faith it's a pearl mm -hmm. 
got to go hunt and find it and go get it and do yeah. it because it's not easy Ooh, to draw idea yeah so <laughs> they're they're doing uh an isaiah conference uh at the end of november or whatever and uh my talk is trying to combine our two different book clubs and uh so i'm i'm trying my talk is is going to be on um uh <laughs> just a second what did i end up because i thought it was really clever once i finally put a, a name to it but it was like um out of Babylon and into redemptive suffering, um, uh, a practical how-to guide on uh, leaving Babylon, but filling the the void that Babylon leaves in our lives, kind of a thing. Is and, that with Megan or with um, Avraham? Uh, <laughs> it's with Avraham, the Isaiah Institute. They're having another conference at the end of November because Megan's having one the beginning of November. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, me and Megan had a falling out <laughs> we haven't talked i haven't felt her stuff but um yeah isaiah institute is kind of like a, a book club education week of sorts that they're they're putting together so they're having most of the moderators and um a couple participants from each of the book clubs i haven't seen any advertisements on that i guess i'm oh no they're just in the beginning phases of it oh, right gotcha. now. okay yeah they is probably it a won't zoom meeting? this is zoom meeting right uh -huh, yeah, so it's going to be a, a three-day conference kind of thing. That they're charging for? No, this one's going to be totally free. Oh, wow. Cool. Good for them. Yep. Um, but why did I... Cameron, I, I, your interest in the Jewish people and your love for them, I think it, it just has to do with your mission. Like, it's amazing. Like, I... Yeah, that's I why I don't try to like force it on other people because it, it may not be uh, your mission or, or who knows what, but for me, it, it definitely just is like <laughs> anybody that was there in our, our group, like I broke down in our, our book club yesterday. Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> I, I really that did. Was, that was tender. Oh. I have to watch that video. Um. Anyway, what were we talking about? Black, or not the black pearl, <laughs> the, the pearl that you were talking yes. about, Tracy. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that's one thing that I, I would like to, to put in my thing. So I'm, I'm writing that down. But boom. Because that's a, a great thing when we're talking about leaving Babylon, that there's mm -hmm. there's a pearl to be found. and There's a pearl to always be found. When you get those inspirations, it's like, it's amazing. And yeah. then you find stuff and you're like, holy cow. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. So what were some of your, your favorite stories that, that were told at conference? Like what were some of the memorable things that you're like, oh yeah, that's a, a cute little story or whatever that. The uh, last wagon. <laughs> yeah. I started crying just hearing the story. Right. Because I was like, I'm in the last wagon. <laughs> it's gonna be really hard <laughs> yeah isn't that interesting kind of a last yeah. wagon principle versus the um the first wagon kind of principle too you know like um being uh kings and queens of the gentiles in the last days and rising up and and so i mean it, it was such an interesting uh topic there with um like i said bednar and um Christopher 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 Christopher. they were they were kind of bookends and they were very much companion things of like last wagon first wagon kind of thing I mean even though first wagon wasn't directly said but talking about the ceiling power and 
how the ceiling power is uh, used in all of our ordinances, not just the final one kind of a thing, but um, uh, is necessary to be a kind of a first wagon type of principle there. Very interesting. So can we flesh out what people think the last wagon was yeah. a was an allegory for? Yeah, what did you all pick up on? I haven't like totally landed on on any one thing yet or whatever. Like I was just uh, uh, my brain's just bouncing around thinking of different ways to look at that and stuff. Know, a lot of our uh, Christian friends think they're going to be just taken up before things get tough and. I just think that we're going to be there just trying to pull them along and help them keep their faith. Keep them happy. The I just the last couple of weeks, I, I always go through a conference depression kind of thing because it's over. And then I'm like, Oh my goodness, you're, you're slipping down. Cause I kind of got sick. And then I got stung by a murder hornet. Oh. It about killed me you guys anyway but i just i'm like okay we're not even having anything massive happen and noticing my mood and oh if you're like this right now think about what it's going to be like you know further down and i just always remember president nelson we've got to keep finding our joy finding your joy finding your gratefulness finding your thankfulness and that'll help you get there well, what about Just last like, Saturday? Like, that's impactful. What? Last Saturday, Israel yeah. and Hamas and all that's going on. That's. Yeah. Uh, Amy Wright's talk, 10 Virgins, talked about abiding the day, you know, trying to get ready. Mm -hmm. Abiding is not adding to an ever increasing to do list. <laughs> and I look at my to do list that covers four pages. I think, okay, maybe yeah. I need to do that. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely uh, heard that one loud and clear when she said that. <laughs> yeah. But it's harvest time um, bringing it all in. Uh, <laughs> like it our, is our Come Follow Me readings this last couple of weeks really tied into all of that. Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians. Paul kept saying, basically, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. Um, you know, he was talking about trials and tribulations and being content and being praising the Lord, no matter what, like what? literally joyful that we are suffering for his cause. Mm -hmm. well, it's, uh, reminds me of the section in DNC. I can't remember where now, where, you know, uh, Joseph Smith gets a revelation for the saints who are suffering horrendously in where was it was it in Kirtland? Missouri. I, I, yeah okay um and anyways and it's and it starts out essentially saying give give thanks in all things right like in those even in those situations and then obviously his his revelation he got in uh it when he was in jail and suffering greatly and anyways so many examples i guess of that that are i think will i imagine will give us all great 
you know, be a great reminder and comfort, hopefully, as you know, when we start to really feel similar things. Yeah. I mean, and even like our, our book of lit yesterday, uh, well, I mean, it's kind of like part two, which we'll cover next week, but um, it all just kind of fits in. Like, what is it about the wilderness journey that like really sanctifies a person and, and how can we apply that to all of our, our circumstances and, and stuff? Like, I don't know. It, it, isn't it interesting how the Lord always prepares our curriculum and like, he, he's got all of these different things always coming together for, for all of us and things. Oh, I know it always matches perfectly. Yeah. doesn't it the new testament seem so much more intense this time around too yeah. yeah hitting hard hitting differently yeah i mean not that i i, I don't love uh, that but i mean yes i i love that but like this book of mormon this year i am like ramping up i'm i'm oh, i know i'm prepared for it I, i'm trying not to peter out on the last part of the new testament just because i'm so excited for the the <laughs> hard hitting book of mormon this next year but but yes I, it, it's been amazing to um dive into it so so much and and heavy this time it's interesting just from the the first round of come follow me to the the second round like this is so much deeper and so yeah. much more intense and so timely just feels more timely mm, i agree i'm just looking through through ben Nush talk and stuff the last wagons here Let's see if there's Because he, he's talking a lot about um, the kind of like anonymous people, right? Uh, uncelebrated heroes who day after day, week after week, do their thing. Um, they have the last wagon eating the dust of uh, of those that, that blazed before. And um, anyway, I don't know. It, it, sometimes it feels like that, but then it, sometimes it, it feels like it's... Uh, um, you're, that you're still eating the dust even though you you might be ahead of of others or, or different things you know and it, it's just a interesting uh principle so like with all of bednar's like i really want to have time and chart it out chiastically and, and do all of the kind of like word studies throughout it and, and patterns because you know bednar's always layering uh his stuff so heavily but i haven't had a, a chance to to look through all of these yeah footnotes and things um D. Todd Christofferson's talk, a little insider, a little, I thought it was interesting. I've got a a good friend that's 26, I think, and not married. He's tried. Girls don't go out with him more than once. He's Elder Score president. He's he's doing all the good things, and he's into preparedness, so we're always together yeah. talking. He had a dream that he was with Elder Christofferson, and Elder Christofferson gave him a phone number to call so that he could help prepare for the call out. Oh, really? So, so he wrote Elder Christofferson and said, "You know, I had this dream. This is what I'd like to, you know, uh, is there anywhere you can direct me?" And the letter came back, you know, carefully worded. But you know, the churches, the doctrine covenants uh, counsels us to gather in our states, and that you know, commending him for be all that. But then I thought, you know, his talk, which was like three or four weeks after this letter came, yeah. 
you know, what's the purpose for the gathering? You know, the first purpose is to protect us from the wrath, you know, bring blessings of exaltation. But he's talking about the gathering of Israel and related to what this letter was about. I thought, I wonder if there was an influence there or just coincidence. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's so interesting. Oh, that is super interesting. Oh, just going through, back through some of those. Elder Oaks, again, in my house, father's house, or many mansions, again, talked about kingdoms. Mm -hmm. He said that came up several times. Yeah, which, I mean, isn't that fairly odd? Like, I don't know, like, like sometimes we'll talk about the celestial kingdom and stuff like that, but I mean, we were very important at lining those out. And of course, the call for senior missionaries <laughs> yep <laughs> that was a huge one <laughs> my mission just ended <laughs> yeah i wonder if that counts <laughs> nope you gotta go out again let's do it <laughs> not able to yet but working on it so yeah tamra is it Renia? Talked about parents, you know, stay with the tree. Don't go after you're lost. Hang on to the tree. Yeah. You said love is the thing that changes hearts. Mm. Yes, I loved her talk. We have one daughter that's in that category. And that's what we came, you know, to the conclusion early. She loves to be with the family and does everything with us, but is not into church. So yeah. just keep. But is she into preparedness? Because that's a, a, a true sign. <laughs> just She's into the outdoors and all of that. And <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. When I was away from the church, I was still all up into preparedness. Mm hmm. More than my family. Who <laughs> 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 would always say you're secretly still a Mormon? <laughs> yeah. That's actually my my connection with my oldest son, who's kind of kind of drifted from the church a bit, and uh, he. I, I feel like that's. I don't know. I think that's what gives me hope. Is we we still talk preparedness we still talk he's still super interested about talking about last day stuff and just kind of what you know he's <laughs> all into conspiracies and things like that but like it i can totally like pull in you know scriptures and and talk about that angle of things and he seems really receptive to it and so that's, great. that's my prayer and my hope is as he starts to see things unfold that it, you know, might mm -hmm. be, might help him in that area. <laughs> That's, we have that hope. Yeah. Well, I'm still reeling. You have a, a son that old. <laughs> <laughs> 19. <laughs> My oldest. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's interesting how preparedness um, can you know be a, a fairly uh, 
useful missionary tool in in various ways with with different people um because i mean it's it doesn't take a <laughs> a, a super uh eye-opened person to to know that our country is is wild right now and and you know there's there's certain things that we want to stock up on we want to prepare we want to just make sure and stuff and you don't have to believe all of the the doctrine behind everything to to get into preparedness and anyway it just it, it can form friendships and, and bonds and different things yeah um just again it's really hard to do talks all in in general and everything but um tithing from anderson was another big one the uchtdorf's talk the prodigal son one i love that one yeah that one just hit different this time yeah he did such a great job of delivering that so I'm just kind of looking through the the talks, um, the, the titles of the talks. I always find those interesting, right? Like sometimes they're kind of a, a surprise, like uh, President Nelson's, yeah, Think Celestial, or yeah, Think Celestial, like um, obviously that's what you would name it. But some of these I'm like, really? That's what you were naming your talk? And so it, it, it just kind of makes you wonder sometimes. But um, when the, the talks first come out with their titles, I always like to just kind of look over them without diving into them, just looking at the titles and trying to see overall themes and connection points and stuff like that. And it's just kind of interesting uh, taking a look at these. Like, let me just read through the these titles. So in the path of their duty, abide in Christ, sir, we would like to see Jesus. For the sake of your posterity, the sealing power, love thy neighbor, kingdoms of glory, tithing, opening the windows of heaven, preserving the voice of the covenant people in the rising generation, the power of Jesus Christ in our lives every day, promptings of the spirit. Do you want to be happy? God knows and loves you. How great will be your joy. Hallmarks of happiness, humble to accept and follow, seeing God's family through the overview lens brothers and sisters in Christ praise to the man walking in relation or walking in covenant relationship with Christ bearing witness of Jesus Christ in words and actions being peaceable followers of Christ the prodigal and the road that leads home more than a hero our constant companion Jesus Christ is the treasure eternal truth divine parenting lessons the savior's healing power upon the isles of the sea Love is spoken here. We are his children. Think celestial. Like, I don't know. It just, they seem very cohesive. Like they, they, they're all um, kind of threads of this, this larger tapestry of um, the difficulties of our day and um, that they are all um, chosen uh, leaders that are, are receiving individual revelations for um a general audience in, in this way like anyway it was just i love kind of taking a look a snapshot look at at all of those together kind of seeing some of those those patterns have you heard emily bell freeman's story she reported a week or so about about her fear of giving the talk and having to come down and sit in the chair and uh -huh. is everybody that already yeah, so Laura mentioned that uh, at the okay. very beginning. It was probably right before you came on, but yeah, I thought that was so interesting. 
I had Go ahead a... and it again because I might not have done it right. I don't remember things. <laughs> well, I just and I've second hand for my wife, but apparently you're supposed to come down. There's a certain chair you sit in so many seconds or minutes before your talk so that you're there when the other person quits that you can get right up. And she was really stressing out about how do I know, you know, I'm supposed to be I'm focused on my talk, but I'm supposed to be listening to his talk for the keywords getting towards the end. And it was really causing her a lot of stress. And she prayed to have comfort. And then like the day before she got the word that she'd be following, who did she follow? I'm looking, oh, Russell Ballard. And he'd be speaking from his chair. And so she could come down and sit anytime. And it just took the stress off so she could concentrate on her talk and not worry about it. Uh-huh. That, that's so interesting. I, I love that little insight and tidbit and stuff in there. But wait, was Ballard from his chair? Wasn't he standing up there? I, I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I thought he was. I, was I yeah, I'd, we'd have to go back and listen, but... Uh, yeah. He was standing at the pulpit. That's what it shows. Yeah. But is it... They've had some support there. So. Maybe they photoshopped him in. My brother. honor to be with you. Yeah, there's something that happened that made it so that she could be where she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not have to work. His talk was very interesting, right? Like, I was like, Huh, he is just kind of shooting off the hip. He doesn't really have these one much prepared or what, but it was because he couldn't read the prompters or anything, his eyesight or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I thought that that was just such a pure testimony, but it also seemed like a goodbye address too. And I was like, it was a goodbye address. Well, yeah. I see a Facebook post that uh let's see, somebody else's wife died today. Henry Irene wife mm-hmm. that, I that, she couldn't speak we're getting to a, a changing of the guard i think here pretty quick he's been sick for a really long time yeah, yeah. irene's talk seemed like a goodbye as well he definitely yeah. wanted to speak to his posterity yeah leave, leave his directly <laughs> Yeah, and and weren't they? I can't even remember the the timing on things. Are were those pretty close together or something? Anyway, there was just ones. I was just like, man, is everybody saying goodbye? Did I miss the memo? What's going on? Having President Nelson not there, and then Elder Holland. I'm like, so I just started counting. Like, oh no, here we go. Mm -hmm. Dominoes. Changing of the guard. Yeah. Big time. I'm afraid. crazy i wonder though have you ever sat and wondered i do this all the time (laughs) if somebody gets translated and like almond they just disappear like and they were never heard from again like would that happen like what would happen to the church if i'm not ruling anything prophet just he was just translated Mm -hmm. maybe we'll find out yeah It's got to happen again, right? I mean, it's happened. It's got to happen again. All the patterns repeat. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, and then I was like, oh, poor Wendy, take her with. <laughs> no, she'll be like John Pontius's wife. She's got to figure it out and do it on her own. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was. So we should probably dive into the President Nelson's. <laughs> right um, there. Yep. <laughs> so think celestial. Like why of all of the the topics and things, you know, I, nobody knew if he was going to give like one talk, maybe a couple talks or something, but uh, just saving that for the very last, uh, kind of like he always does. And um, thinking celestial. I thought that that was so interesting, especially coming off of the heels of um, like our lectures on faith discussion and, and thinking like that, like the power of creation spiritually in our mind before it comes to a physical creation, right? And thinking celestial, you have to think it, you have to want it, you have to put yourself as if you were already there in order for your your reality to uh, conform kind of a thing. It was just such an interesting uh, perspective um, and, and, and an easily uh, uh, parable way of, of saying deep stuff for a general audience that everybody could take it at whatever level that they were uh, needing it in, right? And so anyway, I thought it was just a masterful talk, but again, I haven't had time to dive into it and really uh, chart out and, and find all of those different patterns. Well, it brought to mind for me, um, we can't remember who we were in the in the beginning. So kind of just pray for lots of spiritual gifts. Because I remember Stacy would always tell me, ask for all the things because we have no idea what we could already do. And now we have this body and we've got to be able to keep asking for, like don't stop asking for many, many, many spiritual gifts. Yeah. So to me, that that's what I got the most out of right there in that. Like, even though we're not seeing some of them, some of them we are like Cameron, you, I remember that time you talked about more time to get to the temple and and then that happened uh the other day for another friend trying to get to the temple on time and it just happened so just keep asking for those things because i'm seeing it happen to some of my friends mm -hmm. on those gifts that's so interesting isn't it yeah. in um one of my byu idaho classes um they're they're encouraging us to pray specifically for the, the the technology in genealogy that it may hasten and um anyway i was just like huh interesting that um as a collective group we're all praying specifically for uh technology and the gift and that we might all be um helpers in that and and stuff in our future projects and stuff and i don't know i just thought it was a, a very interesting specific gift to like pinpoint down and mm -hmm. um and ask for and and that's how spiritual gifts are I, i've come to find out you know throughout these uh past little while in our, our book clubs and things asking for the gifts is so important and and if you don't know what the name of the gift is or or even i just want gifts <laughs> but uh uh focusing in and and having the spirit tell you what gifts to to ask for you know like if you don't know how to pray pray to know how to pray uh if you uh want to receive more power pray to know how to have more power it, it really does come down to to the power of asking which is a really lost art in in our society the, the art of asking because we just let google answer everything for us 
pray for more light within you too. I, I know that's going to be so important that we have the most light that we can. Pray for that one a lot. There, there's such power in light. I mean, um, the spiritual physics of light after reading that book and um, uh, the whole cosmism perspective of, of everything. And I, I mean, let alone like the gospel, everything about the gospel is talking about light and the actual um, uh, spiritual light that, that is there and everything. But um, anyway, it's just, <laughs> we're living so far below our our. Uh, privileges here and yeah. we just need to ask and and grow into those those type of things don't we so interesting that he said in my first message as president of the church i encouraged you to begin with the end in mind this means making the celestial kingdom your eternal goal then carefully considering where each of your decisions while here on earth will place you in the next world yeah such a powerful one and and that <laughs> right there almost brought me to tears too because um because we you know that president nelson speaks chiastically right and so like when he says okay now do you remember my first talk i'm ending the chiasm <laughs> it's like oh no i know he ended the chiasm <laughs> which is interesting because if you've been charting out his talks like as as a general it it is at the the end of his chiasm, and this talk was a perfect completion of it. I mean, uh, he can have chiasms within chiasms, and he can do different things and stuff. But it, it was does very... that work out with the names of his talks too? Have you gone through and looked at his names? It, mm -hmm. it does that. They're like bookends, and yeah. And and what does he do with this one? This is his only prophetic talk that he uses an exclamation point. Like, yeah, yeah I think that that's very interesting. Oh my goodness, I didn't even think of that part. There is when you're one... charting, do you start when he's made president or when he's made an apostle? The the thing that I just mentioned was uh him in his prophetic talks. Okay. But yeah. Um I, they're likewise <laughs> very heavy uh patterns in his apostolic talks and, and things as well. Um but yeah, when I'm uh, talking about charting out his prophetic talks in it, it's a perfect chiasm in in his let me uh rephrase that it's not like everything that i've included in the book of nelson because the book of nelson is like all of his public facing talks whether they're this or that but if i'm just focused on general conference and and there's a perfect chiastic structure to it so and then, help me out because i uh don't remember what he what was the what was the first talk so that his, he was yeah i remember him referencing it but now i don't remember what he said uh-huh yeah so it was the one that they gave in the actual salt lake temple when they were called um let me pull it up really quick where is my oh there it is and Sorry, I should have had that prepared because I knew I was going to try to talk on that at some point. Okay, so if we're looking at the fifth book of Nelson, because <laughs> I like to reference chapter and verse, right? 
Um, but uh, as we go forward together is the name of his first talk there in the Salt Lake Temple. Um, and so let's see. Four days ago, we laid to rest a giant of a man, Thomas Monson. Two days ago, um, they they talk about the the unanimous uh, revelation decision to do that. Um, to do Admiral so daily, I really should just go get like my print version because I've got it all marked up and everything. But um, and and being one, if you remember, uh, they were sitting. Uh, uh, there was President Oaks, then President Nelson, and then President Iring, Iring, and that spells one. They are one. If you take the first letter out of each of their... Oh, my goodness. Okay. Where is the phrase that he talks about? Begin with the end in mind. Sorry, I'm just like scrolling. Yeah, speed trying reader. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm trying to speed read and I'm not being able to keep up with it. So I'm sorry. Just a second. Step out of that path. Yeah, staying on the covenant path. Oh, right there. As a new presidency, so verse 12, we want to begin with the end in mind. For this reason, we're speaking to you today from the temple. The end for which each of us strives is to be endowed with power in the house of the Lord, sealed as families, faithful to covenants, and made in a temple, uh, faithful to covenants made in a temple that qualify you for the greatest gift of God, that of eternal life. Thinking celestial there. Um, yeah, let's see. And then he talks about stepping off and um, in this talk, the Think Celestial talk, he's talking about addictions and and all of that and how to, to come back on the path kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so chapter one, verse 12. <laughs> it took me a while to find it, sorry. I should be better at my book of notes. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Some of I'm just looking through his footnotes here for this one because I haven't had time to, to go through them. And so just kind of taking a look at the actual commentary ones that he's doing, uh, saying that it may prove to be easier to repent and progress spiritually here while our spirit is united with our body than in the next world between the time we die and are resurrected. As Amulek taught the apostate Zoramites, this life is the time to prepare to meet God. Talks about uh, King Benjamin and his admonition agency eternal where was that one that i was looking for well what do you think what he means when life or loved ones let you down think celestial when life or loved ones think you down let you down think celestial i mean just with um on a personal note like if if life or, or loved ones let you down kind of thing like there's so many times that I'm just like, mm. I get so frustrated with not being understood or uh, not um, feeling um, how I think that 
I, I should feel kind of a thing in, in relationships with others. And so it, it's always that thing celestial that would, would snap me out of that um, it, before his, his phrase, because now that phrase pops in my head all the time. Think celestial. Okay. I got it done. <laughs> but, so don't get frustrated. Don't let it drag you down. Just keep uh-huh. doing the right thing. Okay. Yeah. Cause if, if something lets you down and you're not in that celestial category, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. that faith gets replaced with a fear or with anger or with some other negative emotion that will just snowball into something else. And, and it's a slippery slope from there. And so making sure that thinking celestial, like turn the other cheek kind of a thing. I think it's kind of that same principle, right? Like, yeah. If, if someone slaps you and you're just like, okay, uh, but if you're thinking celestial, oh, well, I'm going to turn the other cheek. Like it's a, a, a secondhand reaction to this is all for good and and <laughs> whatever comes kind of thing is how I take it anyway. Well, thank you. And I loved that, that one phrase of his, please don't let your prayers sound like a shopping list. Like, I mean, that was, that was a very interesting thing to to say because there's lots of things that are like very doctrine and and this and that but there's there's once in a while when when president nelson a lot in his apostolic talks too he's like please this one thing please do this or please don't do this and uh this is this is one of his iconic ones please don't let your prayers sound like a shopping list okay yeah I'm, i'm gonna refocus on that and make sure that i'm not shopping listing it it's easy to get stuck in repetitive stuff. Why is it so hard? <laughs> but like yeah. footnote 18, referring to 2 Nephi 32.5, there's no, um, talking about deception and adversaries, deception, but that the Holy Ghost and, or did it say, prophets, seers, revelators will show you, show unto you all things that which you should do. Again, a pleading, please do the spiritual work, which was a previous talk. Please do the spiritual work to increase your capacity to receive personal revelation. He's hitting on all points. I mean, he talked about um, being unchaste, you know, gaming. (laughs) All the things are in this talk, like literally not one word wasted. Mm -hmm. And he used the word fabulous a number of times. That's my favorite word when people ask me how I'm doing. Fabulous. <laughs> like I'm, don't even worry about me. And he kept using it. I'm like, oh, I didn't even good word. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, just a second. I got to go look through his other talks. Is Does he use that word ever? I don't know. It just I... stuck out to me because I thought about it this, the other day. Some guy at the temple said, you always say that. I'm like, what uh-huh. else do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the fifth book of Nelson, it is not used once. <laughs> Let me look in his apostolic talks. Once. Huh, that's not a coincidence that he uses it three times in this talk. Um, what was he talking about in the first time? What was he referencing? Um, let's see. This talk is Fourth Nelson. Let me scroll up to find out. Um, chapter thirty-six, which is 
Open the Heavens Through Temple and Family History Work. So, it, oh, it's his Roots Tech 2017 presentation. Um, and let me read that little snippet where that comes from. Oh, <laughs> it's not even him. It's Sister Nelson. So in that talk, they're, they're going back and forth or whatever. And Sister Nelson says, it is my testimony that however fabulous your life is right now, or however discouraging and heartbreaking it may be, your involvement in Temple and Family her family History work will make it better. Which, I mean, we've, we've heard that quote a lot of times. I should have known. So apparently her vocabulary is rubbing off on it. <laughs> but so interesting that he it's not a word that he uses. And he's used it three times here. So, I mean, obviously, well, I, I should. Now we're all going to go see. Fabulous. There, there's a chiasm there if he's using it three times, because um, that's one of his uh, characteristic patterns. If there's three times and they're not just like right on top of each other, then there's always a chiasm. Interesting. But let's see. It, it's always about his fabulous plan, right? Fabulous plan, fabulous plan, and uh -huh. fabulous plan. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. What does Webster's say about that? Because I've, I've is looked it up fabulous lots of... plan every time. Fabulous plan every time. Just those two words together. Fabulous plan. Um, no, there's there's one that's kind of a weird exception. So okay, um, the first one I have learned that Heavenly Father's plan for us is fabulous. Then the second one, an understanding of God's fabulous plan takes the mystery out of life. And then the third one is, please do not let, let an obsession rob you of your freedom to follow God's fabulous plan. So two of them are fabulous plan. But then the first one, when he's introducing it, says the plan is fabulous. Interesting. But it, it's interesting. One thing that I've learned with the book of Nelson is that anytime that he's really defining a word and trying to emphasize something, he's never using a modern dictionary. He's, he's, oh, he's very consistent with the, the old dictionaries. So, um, taking a look, I, I don't know, because I haven't studied this one. So this one's like real time. I could like just flounder, but, <laughs> um, so, uh, 1828 fabulous. So, um, feigned as a story, devious, fictitious as a fabulous story, a fabulous description, obviously not that right. Um, related in fable, described or celebrated in fables, invented, not real, fabulous hero, kind of a thing. Um, the fabulous age of Greece and Rome was the early age of those countries, accounts of which are mostly fabulous or in which the fabulous achievements of their heroes were performed, called also the heroic age. I don't know. What do you get out of that? Fabulous. His plan is fabulous. What does a regular dictionary say about fabulous now? Yeah, let's look at that. Um, extraordinary. Yeah, extraordinary, especially extraordinary large, amazing. Wonderful. Uh, having no basis in reality, mythical. I mean, it's kind of like a, a down there kind of a, a thing. But very interesting how, how that's being used. What other word could you use for God's plan? Yeah. What would be a what's a what's a sentiment to them? Is that the word? What are yeah. other words that you could use? Sorry, just a second. I was uh, <laughs> deep in thought. So thesaurus. Let's do 
fabulous fabulous awesome astonishing breathtaking outrageous phenomenal uh, lots of different things there he's used breathtaking is. before yeah breathtaking is is one of his things remarkable remarkable i think fabulous is more than remarkable spectacular mm -hmm. maybe i think fabulous has such a happy connotation like it's it's a joyful largeness Amazing, good wonderful <laughs> Like legendary would be a good like thesaurus thing for that. Well, I mean, interesting. It is. It is going to be legendary. Yeah, we've talked but, about it for six thousand years now. Let's. It's. It's a legend. And I like the first one, the heroic age. Yeah, I like that one best. Yeah, it's interesting. Like here, celebrated in fable, right? Like fable us like fabulous fable being kind of our root word there and so i mean kind of our gospel word for fable is parable right and so like a uh this this plan is is layered there there's so many different things and um it's more than just a it's almost kind of the opposite it's more than a myth it it is the thing upon which everything is based all fables are based on the original creation myth. Um, I don't know. Has anybody listened to to Jack Logan's podcast and stuff? That one's kind of a interesting one that I've been uh, on lately. But how every single civilization, everything single um, thing that we have in the past is always based upon the creation myth. Like it, it, it it's the thing. It's the foundation for for all things, right? And then we, through time, uh, take and modify it and twist it and different things but anyway i don't know i wonder if that has something to to do with it but yeah thank you for pointing that out <laughs> i probably would have taken me a long time to figure out oh wait he's saying fabulous three times favorite word huh chalice <laughs> yeah <laughs> now i'm gonna say it with a little pep in my step yep there you go okay. <laughs> the prophet <laughs> And he quoted Isaiah, or at least footnoted Isaiah, 1, 6, 1, 16, 18. Mm -hmm. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. He literally touches on everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is the whole enchilada talk. It really is. It, it's so fun. And isn't that so interesting? Like, um, isn't it in this one that he mentions that he's in his hundredth year or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like he celebrates yeah, his right at the start in his hundredth year and then talking about like, what have I learned from almost a, a century living, right? Yeah. Um, just so interesting. A very centennial talk that incorporates everything and is fabulous. Mm. And is fabulous. Mm. And it, it was it was personal 
yet scholarly. Like it was just mm -hmm. such a mix. I, I just knew it was going to be something to eat on for a long time. Oh. I loved how he talked about, and I've learned this from Isaiah, that the different kingdoms are dependent on what you want to obey, what law you want to obey, you know, which, where you're comfortable, where you're willing to go. And that's your kingdom of glory. He talked about that. Yeah. I love this like one part here as I'm scrolling back through. Uh, decades ago, a professional colleague criticized me for having too much temple in me. Uh, and I was like, that that has something interesting there. Because I mean, like we've heard many of his um, professional stories and, and things before, but um, that one was was interesting. The too much temple. Because yeah, so yeah. you're just too religious. You do this, but like why the temple specifically there? Too much temple. Is there a footnote on that? Um, let's see. There's not on that specific one. Didn't but... he? Isn't he the one that said, um, "Be in the temple and let the temple go through you"? Uh huh. Like... Well, I know Wendy for sure did, but okay. did he as well? He, he didn't let the temple go more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. He has definitely hit on the temple but that phrase let it let the temple go through you yeah because in wendy nelson's covenant keepers book is where she talks about that covenant keepers maybe it's the heavens are open one of the two um she talks about that that pregnant woman a uh, young woman that um just couldn't get to the temple but she let the temple go through her and and would rehearse the things or whatever and so that was kind of one of the the chapters of things that she was emphasizing when you can't go through the temple let the temple go through you Interesting. but i mean president nelson could have easily uh done it as well i just love how equally matched they are as far as temple work and, and all of that kind of stuff um such a, a perfect pair in that I think the theme of overcoming the world, you know, he's, he's obviously had that talk a year ago, but again, it's, it's, it's alluded to here all the way through listing all the things to overcome. And the key to that is thinking celestial, like our minds have power mm -hmm. and just, I get kind of annoyed all the little catchphrases that they try to use and then Deseret Book markets it all that just really right. rubs me wrong. <laughs> and it could be my issue with Emily Bell Freeman that she's so marketed. It just makes me gag. But I, it does, it comes to your mind. I mean, he teaches with those. His talks have all had those catchphrases that you could, like you said, thread all together and it's a complete, complete thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Everything he does is so intentional. You have to wonder, like, when he's in, up in age like that and everything, he's like, like, you've got to kind of think with that in, in mind, right? Like, okay, what if this is my last talk? What do I want the people to know kind of a thing? And I, I just packing it all in there. getting bummed again about all these guys because i'm just like not ready for it to <laughs> i know 
<laughs> crazy, especially in 2024. I mean, we we're, we're, we can't be having people dying off right now. We need everybody. We'll have to start like, figuring out who the Davidic servant is. <laughs> like, we'll go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Watching. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else from from components or otherwise that we want to touch on? It was a fun one. Yeah. Is Darlene still here? Are you going to talk more about that? The bodies, the resurrected bodies. What was the topic of your your talk today? Is she here? There. I can answer for her. <laughs> what was your topic today? Um, President Nelson's talk. President Nelson talk. Yeah, I talked about all of it. And I, um, while we're sitting here, I mean, I've got, um, let me come back on here with the screen. Okay. I have a screenshot of where it tells about it. But I don't have the the reference, so I don't know. I've got like, are you saying a scripture or the actual doctrines of salvation quote? I don't know. I there's there's places you can go for the footnotes from these. I don't know. I was searching in two different places in doctrines of salvation and also in the the gospel doctrine. I have a website that's called that, and they take quotes from different um, prophets and stuff. And I don't know where I was when I screenshotted this, but I can read to you what it says. But yeah, go for it. see is it like super long or i've got two here a second okay um in both these kingdoms there will be changes in the bodies and limitations they will not have the power of increase neither the power or nature to live as husband and wives or this will be denied them and they cannot increase those who receive the exaltation in the celestial kingdom will have the continuation of the seeds forever they will live in the family relationship in the terrestrial and in the telestial, there will be no marriage. Those who enter there will remain separately and singly forever. Some of the functions of the celestial body will not appear in the terrestrial body, neither in the telestial, and the power of procreation will be removed. I take it that man and woman will and in these kingdoms be just what the so-called christian world expects us all to be neither a man nor a woman merely 
immortal being having received the resurrection. Now, that one does not sound like doctrine of salvation. I don't think he would word it like that. It is. It is doctrine of salvation? Yeah, I'm looking it up right there. So that thing that you just read is from Doctrines of Salvation. Can you send me that? Um, Cameron, do you have that? Could you email that to me? Uh, yeah, I'm not like super in love with this whole website, but um, so just read the quote. But I mean, I was just Googling it as you were doing it, and that was one of the websites that popped up that had it. Thank you. Do, you. do you have a page and stuff on that? Um, This one doesn't have it. It just says it's an excerpt from Joseph Fillion Smith's Doctrines of Salvation. Anyway, the footnote... There it is. It's volume 2, page 287. Yeah, I've got 287 on here for footnotes. So, volume 2, 287. Mm-hmm. I have it written on my talk that I gave away. <laughs> That's surprising that you wouldn't have a footnote on that. No. Anyway, that's interesting. But yeah. Um, anything? else on any of that i don't want to like keep everybody super late sorry we already went over <laughs> quite a bit but... well thank you very much it was a a good good visit with everyone yeah, yeah well, thanks for doing these <laughs> yeah finally have the, the gang back together we've, we've got quite a few different little book clubs that are all going to merge it in <laughs> for these but it was fun good to be with everybody again yeah. All right. Well, yeah, thank you so much. Have a, a great everybody. week. A good six months. If we don't see you until the next conference, whatever. But <laughs> sure, we'll see y'all in the meantime. All right. Have a good one. We'll see y'all. Um, good night. Good night.